Welcome to another edition of Practical Reliability, insights on the practical implementation of holistic reliability, brought to you by Reliability X, the DNA of success. Hi and welcome. Today my special guest is none other than the amazing, the incomparable. Actually, we don't have a guest, Joe. Yeah, I thought I was your guest. Nobody likes us. Well. They're, they're I, not, I understand why they're not they're not reaching out i'll take the blame actually we've been so busy we haven't <laughs> had time to, we haven't had time to reach out to others um so a- anyway we're gonna we're gonna have a brilliant discussion today on a topic that's not often discussed or even part of most folks strategy what are we talking about today today we're going to talk about setting up pms and pdms in your storeroom nice yeah I think it's a huge gap. Not a lot of people talk about it, and not a lot of people PM their spare parts. So yeah. I think it's a good conversation to have. Awesome. If folks have spare parts. Do folks have spare parts? Yeah. Well, they could outsource. I think there's a lot of spare parts, right? Yeah, there's well, I mean, I have a six-toe. Is that a spare part? <laughs> <or>? <laughs> <laughs> My son has 13 ribs, so he literally has a spare rib. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, you never know. If you break one, you still get an extra. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if he needs a boomerang or something, just pull that out. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> it's got a lot of uses. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, so, um, so in the storeroom, there's stuff. Yes. And that stuff can't just get neglected for sure and so in order to not neglect it we want to pm it yeah we we don't want to neglect the right parts but what does mro stand for uh, uh mro stands for um mostly redundant or obsolete cause right because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, so. that's what's sitting in the, in the room right yeah so. i mean you don't you don't want to pm the obsolete parts you don't want to <laughs> You know, PM the parts that uh, you haven't needed in, you know, forever because you don't have that machine before or, or whatever. Well, what if you have, what if your PM is to dust them? You got to you gotta clean them. You get right. the dust off of them. <laughs> yeah, you get the, just to make sure it's still there even though you don't have that piece of equipment anymore. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. dust them. Yeah, <laughs> right. So uh, how does one, you know, your CMMS is for your assets. It's not really for PMs. Can you tie a PM to a spare part in a in your typical CMMS. That's a good question. That would be a question for you. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, self. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me ask myself something. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the the short answer to that is is generally speaking, no. If it is a rotating asset. Yeah, then, then certainly, right? You can do it under rebuildable spare. There's but, some other things you can but do. But what you can do is is tie a PM to a location like the storeroom. Right. What I don't know is if you can tie a PM to a bin location. That's an interesting question. Yeah. So if you manage a CMMS out there, you, you're going to need to leave us a comment as to whether or not your CMMS allows you to create a PM to come out against spare parts in the storeroom. Yeah. What type of spare parts would you PM? Uh, f- a good example is motors, right? Um, you want to turn shafts. In, on whoa, your whoa, whoa, whoa. This, this is a family show, Joe. I didn't say you spin on a shaft. You turn the shaft. 
<laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, uh, so your lubrication over time will drip down to the bottom of the bearing. And the reason you turn the shaft is so that you can keep uh, the lubricant or the bearing lubricated so that you don't have false brunelling or things caused by vibration as the motor is just sitting on the shelf. Or you put in uh, um, some dampening mat to set the motor on, those types of things. Um, we always used the um, uh, the pinwheels, the color-coded pinwheels with the numbers on them. I think you can get those from um, Bob Williamson's website, the pit crew website. Uh, but we would use those on color code. So we knew that if we looked down and it was on one and black, that uh, that was for January, right? And if we looked down and we didn't see all ones and blacks, we knew that the PM wasn't getting done. So it was very visual workplace oriented at the same time. Um, but we knew that all of our motors were getting turned. Um, speaking about turning shafts, things like pumps that aren't coupled to a motor, if you yeah. have a pump that's just sitting there or gearboxes or um, any rotating equipment, you... Um, you may even have the whole pump assembly with a motor. Yeah, you there, can right? still Either turn way, it. You, you still yeah. need to turn it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that comes with uh, the alignment piece as well. Um, once you get it in off the truck, you already know it's misaligned. Um, so you might do an alignment on it depending on how far you have to move it. And, and the environment, right? Because yeah, you're yeah. not going to see the same thermal growth in right. the shop. But and your method of, of carrying. If you throw it on a forklift and hit every bump on the way, it doesn't make a difference anyway. <laughs> take it out of the back, drive it through the, the yeah. plant. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing is, is when you get your storeroom guys to do that, it helps them see some of the maintainability aspects from the vendor. Um that you could give to engineering to help the vendor bring in something that's more maintainable. For example, not having to, uh, um, you know, drop a pump. Instead, you should be able to lift it so you could put, or a motor, you pump. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to be able to, to uh, lift the motor so you could put shims under it versus having to drop down a motor. Some of those little things. Um, as they understand some of those, as, as they're seeing those packages, uh, could give feedback to engineering to work with the vendor to say, hey, we need this to where uh, the motor could lift instead. So if you didn't have a CMMS that would let you tie a PM to the actual spare part, how did you solution that? So we had a PM to the location, storeroom, and it was turn all motor shafts right, type right. of thing. It was very generic. Um which everything pretty much was in there. We used Core Oracle, uh, the previous places that when we were doing this well, and there wasn't a whole lot you could do there. Um, so it was just a general, you know, uh, turn all motor shafts or turn all gearbox shafts or turn all blower shafts, you know. And uh, so those would come out at different times during the month. So our storeroom attendants had PMs that they had to, to do. Um, that's just turning shafts. So you have things like uh, offline motor testing. So we got to the point to where um, we had an offline tester and we had our storeroom attendants trained on it. Now some people won't want to do that, some people will. Our storeroom attendants uh, were highly skilled guys. So um, we trained them on that so whenever a motor came in they would do the offline test right away at, at the minimum to get the baseline information 
But if we found any defects in it, we would send it back. Yeah, it's part of the incoming inspection piece, right? Yeah. And then was there also, uh, you know, this thing's been sitting for a year, so we're going to, you know, do a a check? So we had a, um, um, I wouldn't really call it a satellite store. It's more like a second store, but it was uh, basically a big warehouse where we put all of our bigger motors and gearboxes and stuff for blenders and grinders. Um, but we would do that annually. We would have the test run anyway, um, as well as having the the chefs turn monthly. Um, so were the, those types of things um, we would do. Um, you can also, really, you should do some sort of bench testing for things like PLC cards, older ones, right? You want to know if or VFDs, at least plugging them in to see if the capacitors are still good or are they yeah. rotting out. And it helps you identify some of the hidden failures that you wouldn't have found. If well, you especially just, on the electronic side because yeah. the vast majority of failures are, in fact, infant mortality, right? right? It either doesn't work or it works. Right. And you could have had that VFD sitting on your shelf for five years. And it may have a six-week lead time. Right. right? And you didn't test it coming in. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so there's some of those... Uh, parts that based on its criticality within the system that we would make create a route on and and do little tests like that to try to keep from um, us thinking just because it comes out of the box it isn't new right we're trying to get out of that mentality that well it's a brand new motor it's not a brand new motor it's been sitting on the shelf for six years you know it's already passed its warranty you know no one's covering it right well and then you start a vibrate on it and right away you're detecting you know so we had to get better at at you know doing some of those things yeah 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 no doubt so what are so you know we've kind of just had a generic conversation but what are the let's go through some of the different types and like precisely here's what we should be doing so we've got motors and turning motors or anything that rotates right gear yeah, any rotate if there's a shaft sticking out you should be spinning it yeah if it's coupled to another shaft you should be spinning it yeah um and incoming inspections or if it's a rotating spare like a motor then certainly you want vibe readings and offline motor current testing once it shows up on site yeah to make sure you're receiving it well yeah what we did is with uh, we would just turn the shaft and use um, an ultra probe, um, ultrasound. Take a Be- listen. Well, because they're better at picking up slow, right? Uh, turning defects. So it would, you know, some of those types of things. The right tool for the right application. Um, once we put the motor in line, we would do vibration analysis, um, but. You know, in the storeroom itself, you're just hand turning a motor, and uh, ultra probes are are better for use on slow speed bearings. You can still pick up issues. You just gotta make sure your sample size is long enough. Uh, that's the only difference there. Okay, and then you also have lubrication practices and all that rotating oh, equipment, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, what else? What are we missing? Well, from a lubrication perspective, it depends on how you're set up. Um, but we had a partnership between our liability techs and the storeroom techs on the lubrication piece. We had oil testing, um, oil analysis done on incoming oil. Um, once it ran through its circulation process, so we had lube storage containers 
that were filtered and then uh, they had a recirculation pump so we would pull samples monthly on those as well um, because you know some of the lubricants sit there for a while we don't want additive packages to break down that type of stuff um, but those duties were split uh, between the storeroom and our reliability techs um, but storage of lubricants like uh, greases um, having them in a cabinet in a clean space um, you know those types of practices that keep the oil from or grease from being contaminated before you enter the floor um, we put a lot of that on the storeroom to manage to make sure that uh, we weren't cross-contaminating or any of that type of stuff. You bring up another good point you're talking about the greases and whether or not the additive packages break down but that's kind of like a dated lauded kind of PM right so mm -hmm. in some cases you have things like oxygen sensors they're only good for 12 months and they have a date on them if your CMMS handles lauded materials with expiration dates, then that kind of operates just like a PM, at least in terms of it gives you a notification that says, hey, get this stuff off the shelf. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that folks know that the, their CMMS may handle that and mm -hmm. they can use it for that purpose. But if it doesn't, then when you get the incoming material in, you should be creating that PM for the location and just saying, hey, you know, don't forget in July you got to throw away this stuff if it hasn't been issued, right? Or yeah. some some mechanism, some reminder that says check these lot at uh, you right. know things that have expiration dates. Well, same with breathers. Um, yeah, yeah. Because if they're open to atmosphere, even on accident, because of storage practice or something, you know, you had to do a check on those. But a lot of times, what we did is we would have them assembled in kits with a gearbox or. A, a vacuum pump or whatever it was we were putting on we would have we would take uh, the um, breather out of the box there and assign it to that um, pump or whatever as a kit so that it was ready to go uh, whenever they needed it so they had all the parts that they needed to set up right right the uh, equipment a little more proactively than what they were doing before um, so you have some of those types of things that we would manage in there as well. Um, as well as some of the tools, like uh, bearing installation kits. Those will get assigned. You mean a hammer? Yeah. yeah. Block of wood. A block of wood and a sledgehammer. And a hammer. Yeah, the biggest hammer you can find. Yes. If that doesn't work, you find like an old heavy chunk of metal. And we don't even drill the hole in the block of wood for the shaft you literally yeah. just use the edge and make it go around the bearing well, you, the goal is you, to see you can put the it. biggest mushroom on the shaft <laughs> what? <And> Wait, the, <laughs> when, <laughs> if you could mushroom the shaft so you couldn't get the bearing on that that was a goal we, we talked earlier about this <laughs> being a family show <laughs> come on i'm not sure what the hell you're talking about uh, <laughs> topic change yeah. <laughs> all right so <laughs> so what, what do we do with a bearing installation kit um, well, those kits would be in the storeroom. So uh, when we packaged our job kits, um, it would be assigned to that work order. And then there was a PM for that inspection kit to bring it back clean right, and right. right operation. Everything's in its place. More of a 5S checklist yeah, yeah, type yeah. PM. Uh, but to make sure that we're getting these tools back, and those were managed by the storeroom, a lot of those tools. That brings up another good topic, calibration of tools. Yeah. So if you have uh, ultrasound guns or vibration analysis um, uh, analyzers, 
vibration analyzers or infrared cameras, those things require calibration. And so you should have a PM in the system. Those things are typically managed by the storeroom, yep. you know, in, in, in robust programs. Mm -hmm. And there should be a PM that comes out and says, hey, send this thing out for calibration so mm -hmm. you can get the CalCert for the... And what we did is we... What about would, for your ears? Did anybody ever actually keep up with getting the hearing tests to keep their certification for ultrasound? Uh, we were required to do annual hearing tests. The whole site was anyway. Yeah. So we just used that as part of the... Because we had a, a gentleman that wanted ultrasound training, but he was deaf in one ear. And we said, you can go to the training, but the use of the tool is worthless. But right. having the understanding yeah, yeah, as yeah. to the value was always good. So we would allow him to attend the training. It's just that it was no use for him. Even though uh, it shows you a decibel reading. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you can see a decibel reading, but that doesn't mean anything. You might not be able to interpret it, but he can see yeah. it. But yeah. if I have yeah. a defect and my decibel reading's right. 30, unless I have a baseline. Yeah, I think for air leaks, you can probably make that happen, but yeah. be tough on If I can't, well, for mechanical, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Be, you know. Be no way. Right, yeah, yeah. So, and electric, even electrical, like, you know, you're not going to hear a lot of the, um, the buzzing or whatever right, right. that you need to hear. So, all right. So, uh, calibration on tools that are sitting yeah. inside there, even things that are more <coughs> precision tools, like weight sets, torque yep. wrenches, that type of stuff, right? Everything. Um, even shims, um, alignment kits, bearing heaters, all that should be checked out of the storeroom. Right. And then brought back better than they found it right and so that was a requirement of the it's clean right everything was organized the way we had it you know you know it's all the 5s stuff that we would work through but so from a pm program perspective i i guess like uh you're gonna need something very specific for things like torque wrenches well yeah for calibration of torque yeah. wrenches yes um i wonder how many folks do that yeah i don't think anybody you know, or, well, I'm sure there's industries where it has to be done. Um, be I try to actively avoid torque wrenches. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, 15 foot pounds, that hurts to hit yourself with a torque wrench 15 times in a foot. Yeah, I know. You got to pound it 15 times in order to. It, yeah, like, for sure. I'm not sure I got the right training for torque wrench. What if it's nanometers? Newton meters? Yeah. I'm not I sure still, how to make that happen. I still hit my I foot. I just keep hitting it with my foot. Yeah. <laughs> I, <still hit>. <laughs> <laughs> I hit myself in the head, and yeah. I go, that's what Sir Isaac Newton was all yeah. about, right? You track yourself in the head with the wrench when Only it's Americans. Newton meters. Only Americans. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, Nice. So I think that kind of covers most of what we would do inside a storeroom when it comes to PM and the equipment. Mm -hmm. You may have to get a little bit creative to use the CMMS to your advantage in those spaces yep. um, until somebody with a CMMS software hears this and maybe they make a minor adjustment and let you write a PM to a bin location. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Well, I mean, worst case scenario is you have a spreadsheet and a checklist. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, yeah. you, you, know you don't I mean? need a CMMS to be a successful. To yeah, no right. doubt, no doubt. And you can just use your calendar for, you know, just go into Outlook and create yeah. some tasks. Right. I mean, the goal is is to send out uh, non-defective equipment. Right. And defining what a defect is, I think, is important, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not, it, 
it doesn't work is not a defect. <laughs> it's a little too late into uh, the scenario, but understanding that I think is the key. Nice. Awesome. Well, I think this was a pretty good conversation um, for, sure. for folks that don't currently have a PM program operating the, uh, their storeroom uh, or their mostly redundant or obsolete place of business <laughs> mro mostly redundant and obsolete yeah. so, so, uh, you know get get that pm program set up make sure that you're not sending out um, defective equipment or defective parts or you know poorly operating machinery um, back out into the plant and awesome. if you need any help with anything you have any questions or concerns contact us um, with the email ask at reliabilityx.com or visit our website at reliabilityx.com nice awesome joe awesome george all right for joe i'm george me too make tomorrow better than today for questions on this or any other topics email us at ask at reliabilityx.com this has been another episode of practical reliability brought to you by reliability x the dna of success